Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call. ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History puddle. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Wild Card Weekend edition of the Full Slate Pick'em Podcast, brought to you by our good friends at Monkey Knife Fight. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined by my brother out in Chicago, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, we got some playoff football. Yes, it's very exciting, and, you know, initially when they added the playoff team, I was a little shaky on it because I do feel bad for the two seeds not being able to get that by. I think they're deserving of it, but having six football games this weekend is incredible. It's sad, you know, when the regular season ends, we don't have red zone Sundays anymore, but going from that to six playoff games in a weekend is a very nice consolation. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a stack Saturday and Sunday, three games a day. Um I, I can't wait. I mean, what's 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 your favorite game of the weekend, Tyler, before we oh, get th- into this? Thanks for asking. Um, mm-hmm. Figure it. I, normally, this podcast is about me. I'll make it about you. 
Yeah, thanks, Princess. Um, I would say my favorite one we talked about on the Sunday Scaries pod, definitely Ravens, <laughs> Titans, just the rematch from the playoffs last year, and they played earlier in the year, and there's obviously that bad blood between them. So that's my most – that's the matchup I'm most excited about. What about you? Um, I'm about to do a seamless transition here. I agree on the game. The team I'm most interested to watch are the Buffalo Bills because since they basically had that kind of – slow patch in the middle of the season they've been on an absolute tear um more or less could have won i believe almost like could have been eight or nine straight let me check yeah it could have been a 10 game winning streak if it wasn't for the hail mary uh in arizona they host the colts first game of the weekend um because they're getting a lot of a lot of hub a lot of press the chiefs have kind of again they've they're 14 and two they didn't look all that impressive a lot of moments during the year. They weren't covering spreads, but they were winning games. Kind of felt like they were sleepwalking. This Bills team is kind of the sexy Super Bowl pick. So they're six-point home favorites. Over-unders, 51. They're hosting this Colts team, Tyler, that Phillip Rivers is the quarterback, and they've really been a different team here of late with Jonathan Taylor coming on. Uh, they have the 11th best rushing offense in the league. Matt Mitchell, friend of the program, diehard Bills fan. Bills Mafia, Josh Allen kind of getting a lot of uh, late late MVP buzz is a little too too little too late in that sense. But where's your head at with this game? Yeah, I mean, like you said, the Bills are getting so much hype and they're deserving of it. As you said, they ended the season on a six-game winning streak, winning those games by an average of 20 points per game. They averaged 38 points per game during that stretch. Also, they've covered their last eight, so teams on fire. The offense is clicking on all cylinders. There's a video today of them at practice uh, to the song Jump Around, and they're all just dancing. Like The team is super loose. Tell there's a great chemistry there. Josh Allen is kind of shutting up the haters. As far as this game goes, it feels so obvious to take the Bills under touchdown favorite um, at minus six, their juicy teaser option. So I'm debating between my brain, my brain and like my heart, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense because I don't want to take Phillip Rivers in a playoff game outside as a dog. But also this Bills team is playing so hot, so well. And we've seen in the playoffs when the team comes in rolling like this and everyone is locking them down to go to the Super Bowl. It usually doesn't happen. Last year, everyone was banking on a Ravens-Chiefs AFC Championship game. Ravens lost that game. There's been other teams in previous years that, even the Saints last year, when they lost to the Vikings in round one, everyone was saying it was going to be 49ers-Saints NFC Championship game, and the Saints got upset as over-touchdown favorite to the Vikings. So that's my hesitation. Um, and I'm going to take the Colts with the points. I don't feel great about it, but I'm just going to I'm going to use logic on this one. I think the Colts will be able to run the ball on this uh, Bills defense. Since week 13, the Colts are 10th in rushing success rate. They're first in big runs. As you said, Jonathan Tellers came on. He ended up being third in the league in rushing. So I think they're going to be able to run the ball on the Bills. I think the Bills end up winning the game. And if this makes any sense, I'd still like the Bills in a teaser. Maybe tease both teams in this game. It's probably not advised by many people. But I, I think the Colts I think the Colts keep the game close. I want the Bills to win because I'd rather see them move forward in the playoffs. But I'm going to use uh, I'm gonna go with the numbers on this one and take the Colts. Yeah, this... I wish there were like a, a this was a true home game. I would I would absolutely love the Bills. I'm still leaning that way. I know it's a public play. The Colts offense. This is kind of an interesting angle. 
I like uh, so the Colts. They rank second in the NFL in terms of points scored in the first quarter. They're actually averaging over 10 points per game in the first quarter, which is surprising stack because, like, really don't think of this Colts offense as being explosive, but they get off to hot starts. So I kind of like the angle of maybe dabble in Colts first quarter, Bills game or Bills live if if the Colts get off to hot start. The Bills are going to be without Cole Beasley, it seems like, in this game which I think is noteworthy. Stone Diggs has been incredible, but Beasley has been like a consistent contributor for them. The reason I'm going to go with the Bills in this one, um, it felt like last year they really squandered away that game versus the Texans. It was basically the same spot, the first game on the Saturday, and Josh Allen made the dumb play with the lateral back, and they just they truly found a way to blow that game. So I feel like they're going to come in this year on a mission um, and figure out a way to get the job done at home. They, I'm sure they're reading their own headlines, which doesn't make me feel great, but the defense got off to a really slow start, but they've been much better of late. They finished the season 12th overall in defensive DVOA. So it scares me in the sense that it feels too obvious, like you said. Um, but I like the fact that they, they lost that playoff game last year. It would be a tremendous disappointment if, they didn't show up in this game. So I think they're going to set the tone for a bigger playoff run here, handle business. And the other angle here too, Tyler, the Colts dome team outside of the dome, they're going to be playing in Buffalo. It doesn't look like there's going to be any type of precipitation or anything, but 35 degrees and cold. Phillip Rivers is old. Um, I would just be wary there. He is old, but I think their game suits well to play in cold weather where they're able to run the ball. And as you said, it's not going to be a typical, it's not a Patriots Raiders, Tom Brady tuck rule game where it's snowing and stuff like no. that. It's just, just going to be a cold day in Buffalo, which I think they should be prepared for. And if Jonathan Taylor is able to get going on the ground and they're able to play a little bit of keep away, I do think the Colts can remain in the game. And the Bills defense, you said it has improved over second half of the year, but they do struggle in the red zone for the season. They're 28th in red zone defense over the last three games are dead last in the NFL so that's one weakness of this defense if you get into the red zone you're converting touchdowns especially versus the Bills you need to do that the way their offense is playing so I get your point where they'll be motivated from last year's playoff game but I also think there could be an aspect of they're reading their headlines they've been playing so well they're I think they might come out a little slow and just maybe misfire. There's just so much expectation for this team. Everyone's penciling them in to play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, which I would love to see. But I think the Colts will come in well-prepared. Frank Reich is a good coach. So I, th- I just think they keep it close with the run game. Uh, I had one other point on this, yeah, but I'm the, forgetting. The, the thing is with the Colts' defense, they are one of the better ranked. Let me pull it up real quick. DVOA-wise, they're definitely up there. But we saw what happened at the end of that Steelers game. Big Ben was able to move the ball on this team. So I think with a similar game plan of being aggressive i really like the offensive coordinator dable of of the bills and what it seems like he's been able to figure out with this team over the second half of the year the fact that they've just been rolling people i kind of i have some confidence in them yeah i mean the colts have the seventh best defensive dboa team so we'll see yeah i can't remember what i wanted to say but brian dable probably gonna be the next chargers coach i mean our guy anthony lynn got fired that was very sad um so you see, Mar- Mar- Marvin Lewis is he interviewed for the Jets job? That would just be perfect. He got an interview. Jason Garrett's interviewing for the Chargers job. Chargers. I love. I don't know if everyone says this, but Ian Rappaport for the NFL Network calls it the cycle of like 
guys getting interviewed and he's like jason garrett's back in the coach cycle i don't know why it's very funny to me but all right let's move on to the next game we want to preview uh rams seattle nfc west showdown in the playoffs Seattle's minus three and a half. The over-under is 42 and a half. We don't know if Goff is going to play. It's listed as questionable. Um, I don't know if that helps them or hurts them, honestly, at this point. If he plays, um, these teams split the season series. Seattle won the last game 20 to nine to clinch the division. I'll be honest, Cody. I kind of like the Rams. Um, try to talk me out of that. Yeah, it's interesting, right? So Seattle beat them a couple weeks ago. 20 to 9. The Rams won the first matchup by a touchdown. The Rams are the best team in the league in defense in terms of overall total defense, points allowed. Um, they are getting Cooper Cup back. He's returning from being out with COVID. I in in looking at this game, you look at like Seattle and it's hard to kind of pencil in like what you're going to get from them the first half of the year they were an offensive juggernaut they were scoring on about 34 points a game they had the worst like in a historically bad pass defense but of to end the season their last eight games they didn't allow more than 23 points a game but offensively during that stretch they only scored more than 28 points once and those versus the jets so offensively it's been a weird year for them russell wilson out of the gate we know the story. Oh, has he never gotten an MVP vote? He was, uh, he was the odds-on favorite for a few-week stretch there. I, sidewise, I'm leaning Seattle in the sense that I feel like they've kind of figured something out. Jamal Adams said there's no way he's not playing the game. They need him. He's been a beast. He's been flying around all year for them. I think defensively, they've been able to right the ship a bit. In terms of offensively for the Rams... Whether it's Goff or whether it's Wolford, it just, like, hasn't been pretty in a while. And I have a Bills-Rams future penciled in. But since that Jets game, offensively, I know they beat the Cardinals last week, which is a pathetic team. They got the job done. It's all about the defense. But I think Seattle's defense is much better. They're almost flying under the radar now. I feel like people are kind of forgetting about Russell Wilson and the weapons they have there, despite the fact that it's been pretty. Um... So I, I don't know. I kind of like Seattle, but my pick in this game is the under, 42 and a half. The under is hidden seven of Seattle's uh, last eight games. I mentioned 12 out of 16 for the Rams on the season. So that's that's my play because you have uncertainty at quarterback for the Rams. And then on the Seattle side of the ball, of late, they've kind of been playing more of this ball control yeah, it's one of those things where if you bet against Wilson and take the Rams and Russell Wilson comes out and throws two touchdowns immediately, you're banking on John Walford or uh, injured Jared Goff to come back, and you're like, why did I bet against Russell Wilson? So I'm going to agree with you. I'm taking the under as my official play. Divisional games in the playoffs, the unders hit 61% of the time. And like you said, Russ hasn't played well over the last half of the season. He's only thrown 12 touchdowns over his last eight games, and four of those came against the Jets. He hasn't thrown for over 300 yards since they played the Bills in Week 9. And conversely, their defense has played well. They haven't allowed a 300-yard passer since that Josh Allen game in Week 9. And these two teams, like I said, they're both their matchups were low scoring. The totals in both games came out to average 34 points per game, Russ was sacked 11 times in those matchups, so I like the under. I think this is going to be an ugly game. 
I do again. I, I will sprinkle a little bit on the Rams money line, but my bigger play in the game is the under. Both these defenses, the Rams has been great all year, and Seattle's been playing really well of late. So the under's the play. Especially when you know the the Achilles heel for Seattle's defense is that pass defense, and whether it's golf or whether it's Wolford. I mean, Wolford scares you more with his feet than his arm from what we saw last week. So, yeah, I'm in, we're in agreement there. Under 42.5. So that's the late afternoon game on Saturday, the night game on Saturday. Our boy Alex Smith back in prime time uh, versus Tom Brady in the Bucks. Washington hosting uh, the Bucks. They're eight-point home uh, dogs over-unders 45 in this one. The Bucks. Had kind of a weird year. They got embarrassed on primetime a number of times. They're one in three in primetime games this season. The only win in that weird Monday night football game versus the Giants where Daniel Jones kind of handed them that. But then the day, they ended the season with 11 wins all in all. Uh, Washington, we've we've covered them plenty on this podcast. The NFC least, they were the cream of the crop there. Um, where's your head at with this one, Tyler? Alex Smith? Little money line, maybe? No. Um, you know, oh, as no. much as I'd love to see, as much as I'd love to see Alex Smith win a playoff game and beat Tom Brady, which would be insane. I just close my eyes and I can't imagine it happening. Um, this Bucks team, granted, they haven't been playing great competition, but they're just a much better team than Washington. I, I'm not going to get cute with it. I don't want to be holding on hope that Alex Smith could get a backdoor cover. And, you know, this Washington defense is good, but I did a little digging into the numbers. Um, so they're five, and they, like you said, the NFC East was terrible. Their schedule is pretty favorable. So and they played teams in the top half of the league in offensive efficiency, according to Sharp Football. In those five games, they're allowing 27 points per game. Bucks are fourth in that stat offensively, so I think they were maybe pumping up their stats a little bit against bad offenses. They played well against the Steelers, but we've seen the Steelers' offenses. You have no idea what to expect from it. So I like the Bucks. I just don't think Washington's really going to be able to score in this game. No Devin White hurts for the Bucks, but I still think their defense is going to play well, and they've just made a change. The, the offense for the Bucks has gotten more aggressive over the last few weeks here. They're letting Brady do more of the stuff he likes, and it seems like the chemistry with Godwin is there. I think Mike Evans actually might play. Uh, Antonio Brown came on last week, and I think he's starting to kind of get back into rhythm there. So I like the Bucks at minus eight. It is a big number, especially as a road team. But I just I like Washington's terrible. Like that game last week was miserable to watch, and they probably would have lost if Jalen Hurts had stayed in the game. So I'm taking the Bucks. I'm, I'm not getting too cute with it. Yeah, I'm on the opposite side. I like the I like Washington in this one. Um, a lot of it comes down to the fact that I'm just buying that defense and that pass rush mostly. They have the second best pass defense in the league. They're allowing about 192 yards. A game there. They ended the season hot. When Alex Smith has played, they've been a competent offensive team. Um, it it's the scary part about this. I think in terms of betting on Washington more than anything is Tampa Bay does have a very solid run defense. Uh, they're allowing about 81 rushing yards a game. If they can just figure out a way to pick up some uh, 
keep keep Brady and that defense and that offense off the field. I really like Washington in this spot. I kind of feel like Chase Young in that defensive front can make plays, force turnovers, set up some short fields um, for this Washington team. And when Brady has had basically a pass rush in his face and been rushed, he has a pass rating of only 54.5. He's thrown five of his 12 interceptions when basically under duress. So we've seen this before with Brady. Like, when does he lose in the playoffs? It's typically pass rush in your face, right? What the Giants were able to do. Now he's even less mobile. Um, eight, eight points is just a lot. So I like... I like this this team a lot. I think I think what Tampa's good at is their ability to pick up big plays in the passing game. I think they're looking at my stats here. They're third in passing plays of twenty or more yards, and Washington has allowed the fewest in the league this year, only thirty six. So I think it matches up well. And the fact that Mike Evans has this weird lingering knee thing, that that could really prove to help Washington majorly here. If the Bucks go up ten nothing, you're gonna be just shitting yourself the rest of the game. But you know Washington is good at getting to a quarterback. They're sixth in sacks. Both of these teams are top five in pressure rate. But the Bucks have given up the fourth least amount of sacks, so they're doing a good job of protecting Brady. I agree. This is the recipe to beat him. But this isn't the team. The Bucks have the. Fourth I don't even need to. Be, I don't league. need to beat him. I just got to cover. Yeah, Washington has. So the Bucks have the fourth most sacks. Washington's given up the fourth most sacks. I'm more so fading this Washington offense. You know, Alex Smith, my guy, I'm probably the only one who owns a uh, Alex Smith jersey in the world at this point. Um, they're 28th in success rate, 27th in explosiveness. And we want to say, oh, when Alex Smith took over, this offense got better. Over the last six games, they're dead last in big plays. This offense won't be able to do anything. They're bottom 12 in the league and third down in red zone offense. I just think the Bucks' defense is going to control this game. And even if Brady struggles a little bit, I just don't see Washington being able to score. I think the Bucks are going to put up at least 21 points, and I don't, I don't see Washington being able to really keep pace with them to keep it close. So I'm fading the Washington offense. It's been a great year for them, given the expectations. And a great story with Ron Rivera and Alex Smith. But Alex Smith is on, like, I wouldn't even say one leg at this point. He's on, like, half a leg like normally functioning. So that's not a good uh, recipe going up against a good pass rush. When you look at some of these recent results for the Bucks team, they shut down Detroit two weeks ago, but besides that, they give up points. They give up 27 to the last three weeks to Atlanta. They give up 14 to Minnesota. Not a lot there. But then you look at some of these, uh, like, first bad teams, Carolina, they allowed 23 points. That game was closer than the final score. So they're they're very high up there in all these efficiency rankings, but like the eye test, they do they do allow points. So I'm I'm on Washington. Seems like we're gonna be on opposite sides of the coiner. That's okay though. Yeah, it's okay to disagree. Some people might not think that way about anything. But let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the uh, Sunday games and give out a lock of the week. Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle is created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, 
will help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. All right, Cody, now let's move on to the Sunday games. As I said at the beginning of the pod, this is the game I'm most looking forward to this weekend. Ravens-Titans. Titans are three-and-a-half-point home dogs. Over-unders, 54-and-a-half. As far as this line goes, it's really got my mind in a pretzel because on one hand, the Titans are the home dog. They're, you know, they've been the, t- the Ravens the last two times. It doesn't seem like any of the stats really matter when these two teams play. But on the other side... The Ravens, are they obvious pick because everyone's saying the Titans are a home dog? They have the motivation factor. I got like a Rubik's Cube going on in my head. Uh, so where are you leaning in this one? Yeah, Warren Sharp tweeted out, Baltimore's last 20 drives versus Tennessee in regulation. They've only punted three times. They've had eight turnovers. That includes turnover on downs. They've had eight red zone trips of those 20 drives. They've only scored touchdowns on two of them. So that feels like they're due. Right, in the sense to convert on more of these plays. It's a well-balanced team in Baltimore, 11th in offensive DVOA, 9th defensively, which has really been their strong suit. They're coming in hot. They've won five straight. They haven't really – they beat Cleveland in that wild Monday Night Football game. Besides that, hasn't really – they've just taken care of business against worse teams, Dallas, Jacksonville, Giants, Cincinnati, or the other four there. They seem like they've kind of gotten some kind of identity, Tyler, in terms of just – really rely on that running game. They've ran for over 150 yards and five straight. If you're Tennessee, Baltimore's strong suit matches up pretty well with what you stink at. Tennessee's pass defense is terrible, 29th in the league. They're 19th against the run, so a little more mediocre there. It almost feels like Tennessee's like a sucker play. I agree my head's absolutely in a pretzel here because it's like they've won the last two. They... Lamar in the playoffs, that whole narrative, will we see it? Can they win the big game on the big stage? I'm going with Tennessee. I just like getting the points. I feel like this is like 34-31 written all over it. Yeah, I I can't get the Titans right for my life, so I know whatever pick I make in this game is going to be wrong. And Tennessee's defense does stink. You mentioned some of those stats. They're 30th in sacks, 30th in red zone defense, dead last on third down. They're 21st in rushing success rate defense, 31st in passing success rate defense. So they're awful defensively. But like I said, when they play the Ravens, it doesn't really seem to matter. I know the playoff game last year, the Ravens had a lot of yards, but I'm more so thinking their game earlier this year, their defense did a decent enough job in that game. So like, does it matter when these two teams play? Like, It seems like the Titans just have some edge over them. But also the Ravens, you know, it's the narrative. Lamar's 0-2 in the playoffs and has looked bad doing it. Um, it was actually his birthday today. He turned 24. He's still the youngest quarterback in the playoffs. And just a broader point of the quarterbacks in the playoffs this year. That's that's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool that, you know, we have Brady, Breeze, Rivers, Big Ben, Rodgers, who are like, the guys we grew up watching, like the older guard at this point. And then we have the young guys with Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar, Baker, if you want to throw them in there. So, and then 
and you have like Russell Wilson and Tannehill are like the in-between guys. So I think that's very cool hitting the spectrum of all of those guys and yeah. anyone from those groups could probably win the Super Bowl. So that is beautiful. I, it was. <laughs> as far as this game goes, I, I don't know. I don't know. I struggle. Um, I've, I've, I also, I'm going to be on the, I'm going to be on the Titans in this one. I'm also going to be on the over 54 and a half. Yeah. I don't know. These are What's the top wrong, two rushers. I've, I've never seen you so stressed. I'm very stressed about this pick because <laughs> I feel like I feel like whatever side you take, you're gonna feel like a square because the tight ends feel like the obvious. You know, they're the home team. They have the home playoff game. They should be the obvious pick, and that's why the Ravens should be the pick. And they've lost two in a row. They have the motivation factor. Lamar needs to play well in a playoff game, and the Titans' defense stinks. This could be like we saw. Um, the t- oh, when they played the Browns, and the Browns just punched them in the mouth, and that game was over right away. Or yeah. it could be like when the Titans played the Colts, and the Colts and they punched the Colts right in the mouth. You know, I have no idea what to expect from this team. I'm taking the over. I want points. I feel like that's more reliable at this point, where Titans won't be able to stop the Ravens, and the Titans will be able to move the ball on um, Baltimore. Uh, Tennessee's offense is second in success rate. Both these teams are top 10 in success rate. As I said, Tennessee's second, Baltimore 10th. Baltimore's 2nd in explosiveness. Tennessee's 8th. So I think there's going to be a lot of big plays, and this will be a high-scoring game. I, I don't understand why this is, like, the afternoon, like, the early game. This should be why I think this it should a be Sunday night, night game. Yeah, yeah this, this should be the Sunday night game. I understand they want Brady on Saturday night. Also, do you know this is Brady's only time he's played in the wild card weekend ever? That can't be true. That's what I saw on Twitter. I don't know who who who's get on tweets. his staff. Get on his staff boy. Yeah, every, everything you see on Twitter is true. But no, they lost. They they, they lost to the Ravens when they got blown out. That was a wild card game. Wild card weekend. Maybe as a road team. Maybe that's what I saw. That would probably make more sense. Yeah, probably. Okay, uh, but re- but regardless, how do you think the whole basically scrum the altercation? I feel like that helps the tight end side more than Baltimore because that was all like weird and kind of stupid and nothing. Um, Harbaugh didn't shake Vrabel's hand when he tried. I feel like that in terms of narrative, that helps the tight ends, right? In terms of this whole pretzel situation, Titans beat them last year. They beat them this year. Harbaugh was kind of a little scummy at the end of that game and being a baby. I think that helps the Titans even more. Yeah. Going back to that Brady point, they I was in 2009 season. They lost in the wild card game to Baltimore. They got uh, killed in that game, but probably as a, as a road team, which is insane. But I agree, there's bad blood. I feel like if you could tell me, and this is gonna sound stupid, because you probably say this about a lot of games, but if you could tell me how like the first like five minutes of the game went, I feel like it'd be much easier to say who's gonna win, because I feel like we're gonna know right away which Tennessee defense is gonna show up and which offense honestly will show up, because they've had slow starts in games. They've also been insane right away, and yeah. they get up. Well, so you'll know, so. you'll know right away with Tennessee. You always do. This is the Schefter tweet: Is 21 NFL seasons Brady's never gone to the postseason as a wild card. So that's that's the point, um, which is that's insane. Um, okay, the second game on Sunday, Bears Saints. Saints are ten and a half point favorites in this one. Over under is forty seven. Teams actually played in week eight. The game went to overtime. The Saints won by three. Nick Foles was the quarterback back then for Chicago. 
Bears just had the big loss on uh, on Sunday to the Packers. Was close, and they kind of folded. They just won the week before with no running backs. They're hoping Kamara can come back. Sounds like Michael Thomas is going to suit up. This is pretty crazy. This that Breeze and Michael Thomas have only played ten quarters together all season. Um, so they're hoping to have four more this Sunday. Where's your head at, Tyler? This is the biggest spread of the weekend. Such a big number. I think it opens around eight, like yeah. seven and a half, eight. I should have jumped on it then with the Saints. Ten and a half seems so high. Um, I think the Bears' defense is good enough to keep them in this game. Um, you know, they're top ten in success rate defensively this year. They're number one in rushing success rate. So, and that's what the Saints like to do: run the ball of Kamara and Latavius, control time of possession. Um, yeah, who knows with Kamara? I feel like they scheduled this game for Sunday so he can come back because he wasn't allowed to play on Saturday. Um, but I'm okay with it because I want to see him play in the playoffs. I do think the Saints will come to this game motivated because, as I said earlier, they lost that game last year to the Vikings in a similar spot where they kind of. They were, just, I think they're like eight, eight and a half point home favorites in that one. Yeah, and this Bears team is probably worse than that Vikings team was, but same spot where they're playing kind of a weaker team. They should be at home looking ahead to, you know, playing the Packers, potentially playing Seattle next week. Who knows? But I think they come to this game focused. So I don't love laying 10 and a half, but I think I'm going to just because I think their defense is good enough to kind of shut down what has been a decent Bears offense. But I saw someone from VEASAN tweet this out. Shout out uh, Jonathan Von Topol. So he said in Trubisky's last five games, he's faced the 17th, 18th, 30, 31, and 32 ranked defenses, according to DVOA. And the stats in those games, 73 completion percentage, 2-1 to one touchdown, yards per attempt, that's 7.5. And, and then he posted a second screenshot when Trubisky plays a top 20 defensive DVOA, but he hasn't played any that are better than 14th. And he's so 14 through 20, 66% completion, 7 touchdowns, 8 turnovers, and Saints defense is ranked second in DVOA, so... I think it's pretty obvious he doesn't play well versus good defenses. The Saints defense has been great all year. They're top 10 in pressure rate and sacks. They're going to get after Mitch, make him uncomfortable. I think they'll be able to shut down um, Dave Montgomery. The Saints defense is number two in explosive in limiting explosive runs. So they're able to bottle up Montgomery, which has really ignited this team. I don't know what offense they're going to. So I'm going to take the Saints. It's a big number, but... I think everyone's going to be like, oh, you know, you can't take a double-digit favorite in the playoffs, take the Bears. So I'm fading that logic and going with the Saints. Yeah, I went back and forth on this one, especially no home field advantage. Like They have some field, fans, I think. They have, they have some fans, so it's more than zero, but less than normally. I'm with you. Again, I went back and forth in this, putting my notes together. I think I'm, this is just going to be a bet on the Saints defense versus Trubisky, like you said. And on the Bears side defensively, it sounds like Roquan Smith is going to be out in this game. I like that fact that if all goes according to plan here, the Saints are getting the band back together with Breeze, with Kamara, with Thomas, something they really haven't had all season. And they've somehow consider, continued to win these games. It's been on the back of the defense. So, um. Yeah, I'm I'm on I'm with you here. The Saints have been kind of covering machines, seven one and one against the spread their last nine. The fact their last three postseasons have all ended in heartbreak. 
Uh, I think they're going to come to play. They're not going to lay a dud like they did uh, last year versus the Vikings and figure out a way to squander this game. So I think they're going to come in, focus, take care of business here. So we're both on the Saints minus 10 and a half. It's a lot of points. And people point out, oh, you know, they had falls in the first matchup. And it's it's a slight upgrade to Trubisky. But in that game also, the Saints didn't have Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas. That's a huge factor yeah. missing. And the Bears' offense is 31st on third down, 22nd in the red zone. So if you're not able to extend drives, and if you do get to the red zone, you're not able to score touchdowns, you're not going to beat the Saints. The Bears are 1-6 this year against teams that are over 500. They only win come against uh, Tampa Bay, which is a weird game. So they're not great against good teams. We saw it last week versus the Packers. Like, they were in that game for a little bit. And then the Nagy, offense— Nagy sucks. Yeah, he's, he's a terrible coach, but I think them getting to the playoffs honestly hurts their future because they're going to keep Mitch, maybe for one year, which isn't a huge thing, but more so they're going to keep Nagy, keep the GM who have built, who have kind of ruined this team. Um, so we're both on the Saints. It's a big number, but and this game's also on Nickelodeon, so that'll be fun. That will be nice. <clears throat> Let's go to the last game of the weekend, the Sunday night game, another divisional game. Browns at the Steelers. Steelers are minus six. Over-unders 47. Doesn't seem like Kevin Stefanski's going to be there. There's some momentum if he's allowed to like call plays, I don't know, from like from a distant location or being in communication with the coaching staff because he's COVID. Doesn't seem like that's going to happen. I don't think the NFL is going to be okay with that. I don't understand. Like, why, would, why wouldn't they let him just be on like a Zoom call with his offensive coordinator the whole game? I don't know. Why not? Well, this game's in Pittsburgh, so I guess they have to travel, so I can't do that. I was going to say... But just from he... his house, why can't he just be on, the, like, a FaceTime? <laughs> was the coach going to have his phone out at the <laughs> game? What is, this, what is this, blindside? Um, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know what you do. Um, very unfortunate for the Browns, given the first time they're in the playoffs in 18 years, and they lost an offensive lineman also due to COVID uh, protocol, so... It's a tough start for them. The line opened at like four, and Steelers seems so obvious. Annoyed I didn't jump on it, but still under a touchdown at minus six. I like them. I mean, the Browns almost lost them last week with some of the subs that they had in, and it's been a great season for the Browns. I've cashed in nicely on some of those futures, but they Oh, yeah, you took their wins over, right? Mm-hmm. And I took them to make the playoffs. I also have a future on Stefanski as coach of the year, which I think he's a good shot at getting. Um, but they had a minus negative eleven. They had a negative eleven point differential. No other team in the AFC or every playoff team in the AFC had at least fifty three. Dolphins who missed it were plus sixty six. This team has skated by a lot this year. I think the Steelers defense just kind of owned them. And without their offensive line at full strength, that's the core of this team. And no Stefanski calling plays that, that hurts them a lot. Steelers are number one in pressure rate and sacks. They're third in points allowed, yards allowed. I, I just think the Steelers' defense is going to clamp down on this on this offense. And the Browns just kind of – I think this is going to be like 20-3. to three. Yeah, I think the Browns will be able to score some in this one. But the big thing is Cleveland's defense is just not, not good. 21st in the NFL in scoring defense. That point differential stat you spoke to is insane. Um, and I think they're going to have like kind of a quiet confidence the fact that they almost beat this team last week with a lot of their top guys sitting. I think they kind of needed to actually have the bye week. This was Steelers were the team that got screwed the most by COVID, I would say, in the sense with like 
all their opponents, things getting moved around, their bye week, all this stuff. And they started the season unbelievably, 11-0 straight up, 8-3 and against the spread. They've kind of stumbled towards the end of the season, but their win over the Colts was was massive for them. They were very competitive with the versus the Browns in a game that they didn't need with a lot of their starters resting. So, again, I'm, I'm with you. This is a bet on the Steelers' defense more than anything. The fact that the Browns have all of these COVID issues swirling, I don't know. It just feels like a recipe of disaster, recipe for the disaster with them. Uh, so I'm also on the Steelers minus six here. Yeah, I, I don't have much else to say about this game. Um, um, it sucks it's a Sunday night game. Like it it yeah. should be Ravens Titans. Someone someone explain to me why why wouldn't we want to have the whole Mike Vrabel Harbaugh that whole interact like let that be Sunday night football. Yeah, and out of all the games we talked about, like I'm most confident that's going to be the highest scoring game. Maybe Colts Bills as well, and it's the highest over, which isn't like saying anything, but like Brown Steelers is going to be like a defensive game probably and low scoring. If the Steelers defense plays well, like who's going to want to watch Baker trying to like. Like, Baker's just not going to be able to do that, I think, in a playoff game versus a defense of this caliber. I think it'll be similar to that first game where he kind of looks lost and the defense has his number. But before we get to um, our locks of the week, let's talk a little futures, Cody. I'm mm. going off bet online here. Um, either give out a team you like from the Super Bowl perspective, uh, their odds, or just the, to win the conference. Sure. So there are a couple couple ones I I locked in a while ago. I have a I have a Chiefs Bucks ticket that semi interesting. I lost the luster of that one. The team I like and it's not Super Bowl but NFC to win the NFC at plus six fifty and even to win the Super Bowl I'd sprinkle some on is Seattle. Um, their Super Bowl odds they're fourteen to one. I know offensively it hasn't been pretty of late. But at the end of the day, we know to win the Super Bowl, you either better have an unbelievable defense or at least an above-average defense and a rock star quarterback. And I think Seattle is more in the latter there. NFC is – the reason I I like Seattle here is because NFC is wide open. Packers, I just – I need to see it to believe it. Um, I know know they finished strong. I know they put up a ton of points on Tennessee, and they looked good last week for Chicago – I still, I still just have to see it. Russell Wilson figures out ways to make these weird plays and win games in close situations. Um, they've kind of been there before, and I feel like they're just very under the radar. Um, so I, I kind of like Seattle. I feel like there's some good value there. In, in the NFC, that's absolutely wide open. Yeah, I mean, they didn't finish the regular season looking, like, super glamorous and the way they started. Mm-hmm. Just people kind of cooled off on them. But if the defense keeps playing well and Russ – like Russ hasn't played well, but his greatest strength, and this is why he's great, is when they need a score, they need that third down conversion. Like outside of Mahomes, I probably trust him the most at this point. Maybe yeah. like I wouldn't put Josh Allen in that category yet. If he plays well in the playoffs, then he I, will be. But just everything that drive, like the Rams game, they were struggling on offense most of the game. But the the one drive they needed to get a touchdown to go ahead and seal the game, he got it for them. So. And even even Rodgers, who's gonna win MVP in like a game when you're down, yeah, f- when you're, but when you're down four with like three minutes to go and you get the ball in your own twenty five, like in a weird way, I think it's the rather Wilson. Like he just finds a way to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd say those guys are 
close. I just like I can't remember. I don't. Know, I don't watch the Packers probably as closely, but probably forgetting like a game. It feels like the Packers have just been credit to them, been so dominant this year that it, it doesn't even matter. Um, but a team I like just from a conference to win the conference perspective, the Steelers at eleven to one. I think the matchup this week is pretty favorable for them versus the Browns, especially with the Browns COVID issues. And you look at some of the other odds, like the Chiefs are even, which you know they deserve that there's, respect. There's there's no point about that. Yeah, Bills are plus three hundred, Ravens are plus five fifty. And for, like, I just go through those teams. The Bills, like, it just seems way too obvious. Like, they're playing so well. And then Ravens, like, most likely the Ravens win this weekend. They're going to have to play the Chiefs in the second round. So I like getting the Steelers at 11-1 because they're, they're avoiding the Chiefs until at least the AFC Championship game. And who knows, the Chiefs could lose before that. And the Steelers, like you said, they have a really good defense. They have a veteran quarterback. And if they're able to capture what they did in the second half versus the Colts, be more open offensively, and have that explosive passing attack that we saw them have a few years back when they had AB um, and when Juju was having a good year. Like when they're explosive in that sense, their offense could be good. So if they let Big Ben kind of take the reins more, I just like the value at 11 to 1 because they get to avoid the Chiefs. Who knows what happens in between then? And if they're and their defense in any given game can win. So if they play the Bills and their defense is lights out, they can win that game. So I like the Steelers just at the value there. 11 to 1. I think it's a good bet for a team that was playing ter- was playing well at the beginning, that was terrible middle and finished kind of bleh. I think those are good good odds. They're good odds for a team with being up there with the Rams in terms of the best two defenses in the league. My biggest issue is like I feel like the Steelers are going to have to win a shootout versus either either the Chiefs, the Bills, the Titans, or the Ravens at some point, and I don't know if they have that in them. I mean, they're going to have to play one of those teams if they win this weekend, so that's factual. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, a shootout. Like, do you have confidence in this team scoring more than 35 points? Eh, probably not. But I don't exactly. think... Exactly. But they're, I think they would have to. Yeah, but this is more bank on their defense being good enough to keep them in it. And the offense... I don't know if they could score 40, but they could score 28, 31, and I don't think their defense is giving up that many points. You know, looking for value, not the obvious pick here. Um, yeah. But let's move I think, on. To I our, think we both did. Yeah, beautiful. Let's move mm-hmm. on to our locks of the week. Um, I'll go first since I won the regular season. Um, I'm going to take the under in the Rams-Seahawks game at 42.5. I just don't think there's going to be a lot of points in that game. And even if the Seahawks blow them out, then I don't think the Rams are going to be able to score a lot um, unless their defense gets, like, three pick sixes. But I think their defense will keep the game close. Seattle's defense has been playing well. The Rams' uh, defense is top five. Seattle's defense is top ten in limited big plays. Jalen Ramsey's done a good job on DK Metcalf uh, this year. As I said earlier, Russ was sacked 11 times in their two matchups. These teams know each other so well. It's going to be close. Um, so I'm taking the under in that game. Okay. Yeah, I like it. I mean, we were in agreement on that earlier. Um, my lock of the week, I'm going with the Washington football team plus eight. All the reasons. Bet on that front, that defensive front, getting pressure on Brady. I think they'll be able to put up enough points offensively to cover that eight in Tyler since. So a little, a little trend for you since I know you love them. Since 2002, there have been seven teams that have had a 500 or losing record playing on wildcard weekend. 
They've gone seven and zero against the spread, and they're six and one straight up. Um, so just just be wary of the fact that we remember what happened with uh, Seattle a few years back with Marshawn Lynch. Like people, the NFC has been getting dragged. Tom Brady, they're starting to get a little love, right? They've they've put up some points. They've looked good down the stretch here, but we haven't really seen them play well versus a good team in a while. I like Ron Rivera. I like what they've been able to do defensively. And I think offensively, they'll be able to put put up 21 points, which I think will be enough to cover the plus eight here. We'll see. I mean, the Seattle game was over 10 years ago now. That was 2010. So that was not recent. It wasn't a huge sample size, but we'll see. I mean, I was honestly thinking of making the Bucks my lock of the week, so I'm a little upset that we don't have... Uh, you want to change yours? <laughs> You want to change nah. it? No, I'm. I'm just taking the. I'm, I like that under a lot, but like I said earlier, I like the Bucks. Um, we'll see. I don't know. We shall see. Um, okay. Well, <clears throat> Tyler, that wraps up a uh, a wild card weekend edition of uh, of the Pick'em Pod. We'll be back Sunday night with all of our thoughts on these games. Uh-huh.